This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, family. Thanks for joining for yet another episode of making shift happen. And today we are definitely going to make shift happen, especially when it comes to taking yourself from just your basic everyday rider, which there is nothing wrong with. You do not have to race in order to be, to be considered a rider or a mountain biker. Okay. But how do you take yourself from being just an everyday weekend warrior rider to a racer? You know, maybe you haven't done your first race yet and you're really intrigued by it. You're interested. Something about it has has just kind of piqued your interest and you can't let that idea go. If you can't let that idea go to race something, then that is telling you that that is something that you probably should chase. All right. Uh, Pun intended. And, you know, going from an everyday rider to a racer, it can it can feel like a big leap and quite daunting, to be honest. So today I'm going to break it down into the simplest five steps for you to get a clear map forward to your first race. Okay. All right. First things first, you need to decide what style you want to race and you need to choose a race. (laughs) Sounds kind of basic, but I think a lot of times folks are just kind of curious about uh, different styles of racing and Sometimes they get kind of bogged down into the details. You need to sign up for a race also and put it on your calendar in order to make yourself committed to it. And without that commitment, you don't you, you don't really have anything to push you forward, you're right? You're going to become lack lackadaisical, you're going to become unmotivated, which of course motivation is fleeting anyways, and we should never depend on motivation. But without having something on your calendar or even a big ride, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a race, all right? Say you want to do, uh, I don't know, the 401, or you want to ride just something epic, a whole enchilada or something like that, all right? You want to do a girl's trip or a guy's trip in Moab, great, put that on your calendar. Consider that kind of like a race, even though you're not going to be treating it like a race. Now, when it comes to the style of racing, Ask yourself if you're more of a downhiller or a cross-country rider who enjoys maybe more endurance and spinning those pedals with less technical prowess needed, or do you like a combination of technical features, a little bit of downhill or a lot of downhill, and maybe some pedaling all in one race like an enduro? Because really there's a race style for everyone, and I, I want you to choose which style best matches what you identify with the most and enjoy riding the most. And then try to choose a more entry-level race that is conducive to your skills. You know, for example, I love the Betty Bike Bash in here in Colorado. It's specifically for cross-country riders looking to race, and it caters to folks from the very beginning, like people who have never, ever raced for the never, never ever category, on up to the, like the more expert, pro-elite level racers. And... It includes such a wide range on purpose because a race course can be for anyone, okay? And it also happens to be the largest women's mountain bike race in the world. So check it out. I'll include a link in the show notes when I'm done with this. And for enduro races, enduro races, I don't know why I had a hard time saying that. Check out the Revolution Enduro Enduro Series 
uh, because I think that they're a really great choice for your first race, as well as the Sturdy Dirty Enduro, which is on Tiger Mountain in Washington State. So that one's not going to be in Colorado. I know a lot of the listeners come from Colorado, but really all over the states. And keep in mind, please know that there are going to be links in the show notes for these races, and there's going to be races in every state, practically every state. I know of a handful for sure in North Carolina, which is where I used to live. Hell, there's even some racing series for mountain biking in Florida, where there are no mountains, which is my home state. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. There's literally a race for everyone. You just kind of have to do a little bit of searching. And I really recommend, sounds basic, but I recommend Googling, you know, entry-level race, mountain bike race, Florida or, you know, beginner mountain bike race, Florida, or something like that, and you'll get the idea. And generally speaking, that will, of course, tag a lot of the SEO and a lot of the the tagging and things like that, that will go ahead and conjure up magically that list of of, um, hits that it's getting on Google, or your favorite search engine, whatever that is for you. I'm just saying Google, because that's going to be the most popular. Uh, and that will give you a list of, of things to look for, and that will pull from reviews that people are leaving on their respective websites, not including the race director's websites and things like that. So it's going to be really awesome just to do a basic search. But I really do recommend Revolution Enduro for here in Colorado and neighboring states, as well as Sturdy Dirty Enduro in Washington State if you are a woman who is looking to get into enduro racing. And uh, ultimately, I just want you to go out and I want you to break that first race cherry of yours, all right? So just pick a race, choose what kind of race you want to do, and just try it. You, you really don't know until you try something. So I'm a real big proponent on at least, on at least you know, towing the start line and uh, pedaling through the course and figuring out if that is the race style for you. Now, secondly, you need to get your body and your mind strong and stable. Ideally, you need to give yourself at least 12 weeks to develop a strong base that will support the demands of racing. This means more upper body strength and core strength to add on to the leg strength that you likely already have as a cyclist. Now, it does also mean that that you should be increasing the demands that you place on your cardio, your heart, your lungs by adding in some interval sessions to complement your typical bike rides. So usually I recommend about one to two interval sessions per week. That's going to be ideal. I also recommend that your intervals include a longer work period over a rest period. So a shorter rest period than what you're working. A perfect example, ones that I love to hate and hate to love are going to be the classic, absolute classic 40-20 intervals, which means 40 seconds of work followed by 20 seconds of rest or easier pedaling in order to build your ability to recover more quickly after intense efforts, because that is really ultimately going to help you get that cardiorespiratory system strong for race day when you just are hammering through the unexpected, okay? You're really trying to pass other people, especially if you are on a cross-country course, but you're also potentially going to be passing people on an enduro course too, even if there is a 15 to 30 second like break in between racers at the start line. So it's one of those situations where you just want to be able to have that in your tank to really push yourself past the person that's that's basically one of your opponents on the race course. So plus intervals, man, I can't even tell you how much they can improve your capabilities on the bike, especially when it comes to race day. It will make the race feel a lot more tolerable 
and uh, and just make you feel a lot better and, and make you feel fresher at the end of the race. Like you can do it again. And um, you're just not going to feel so beat up. Same thing goes with the strength training. Strength training, I cannot emphasize the importance of really full body strength training because even though you're a cyclist and you think that you have long or strong legs, it's one of those situations that sure you can pedal a lot, but you might not have the actual strength that you need in order to elicit the power that you need to really push yourself for when your legs are fatigued are you able to really power through certain things and power over technical features or do you just fart out and get tired now of course keep in mind that this also could be a nutritional based type of situation which we'll talk about in the next step but it's one of those situations where honestly having some good baseline strength that does include some progressive overloading does include some progressive progression rather for you to progress with strength and reps and and, and just you know tempo and all of the things, right? As you get better, it needs to progress with you, okay? And generally speaking, I always recommend at least two to four weeks minimum per cycle and, you know, per like mini type of cycle in between, in the grand scheme of the entire cycle for at least 12, preferably closer to six months. So 12 weeks, but closer to six months would be ideal. So closer to you know 24 weeks to really get you humming. And that would be fantastic to get started over the fall. That way you can do really ample strength training and focus strength training that's specific for cycling that will carry you through the winter. So fall through winter into early spring, and then you're hitting the race season. Now during the race season, that does not mean, or during your riding season, whenever that starts for you, depending on where you live, that doesn't mean that you let the strength fall away to the wayside because you want to always keep some sort of baseline. You don't want to feel like you always, every fall or winter, you're starting again at square one. So keeping at least two days of strength training per week is going to be ideal for you to keep and maintain that base level of strength that you've worked so hard for. And it's also going to really make you that much more resilient to injury. Should you ever have any crashes or falls or things like that, especially if you put out your arm, you're just going to be less likely to break things. Okay. Uh, all too often, I, most people I've known who have, have broken some, you know, bones and things like that. You generally huge generalization, but they don't do any type of strength training. So of course, breaking bones can happen regardless, but please know that just having some sort of joint stability, especially with your shoulders, hips, knees, you know, that's really what's going to make you more resilient to those oopsies that happen on the trail, especially on race day when things get, can go a little sideways. Okay. Especially if you're hitting some moon dust dirt or something like that, that can just sweep those wheels out from under you. Okay. So get some strength training in highly recommend. I mean, of course I'm going to plug my shred strong program. It's a year long program. It's it's year round. You can hop on and hop off anytime you want, you know, especially if you're paying monthly, of course, this is the program that I'm doing. I'm biased. I love it, but I do include programming things in the program that I know are typical weaknesses for a lot of riders that I've seen over the years, including myself, uh, because we have to work on those weaknesses. Now, speaking of weaknesses, you need to get your mind strong. So this goes, I put mind and body strength, being strong and stable in your mind and body as one whole tip, because I think that they do work hand in hand, because here's the thing. 
Strength training helps you become mentally resilient. It does not only help your body become resilient to injury, it helps you become mentally resilient because you're going to be pushing yourself and progressing, increasing weights, increasing reps, things like that throughout the season, throughout the phases, throughout your program. And through that, you're really helping to build that mind and build the strength of the mind to push yourself through uncomfortable positions. Now, um, that is basically what you're doing on race day. You are pushing yourself past these limitations that you usually set for yourself. And that's the cool part with racing. You're going to see really what you're mentally capable of. Also to get your mind strong, other than, you know, building your body strong, definitely reach out to friends, reach out to coaches who have raced that particular race that you chose and, or, or a race that maybe you're just interested in and you haven't quite chosen it yet. Talk to them, let, you know, ask them questions, pick their brains a little bit about what to expect and what the trail is like and what the race course is like and what the race organization is like, because sometimes races aren't organized very well. I've been to races that have not been organized extremely well. It does fall squarely on the race director's shoulders um, because ultimately they are the ones in charge. So it's a lot of pressure. Shout out to all of those fantastic race directors, uh, you know, Jennifer Barber, I, Amy Thomas. I mean, shout out to you all because you, and they're with the Betty Bike Bash, by the way, you all have done a phenomenal job with setting the standard for how a race should be conducted, you know, and you make it fun and you make it very interactive. Um, so anyways, you know, ask your friends because you don't want many, very many surprises on race day. You're always going to have surprises. So expect surprises, but you just want to limit how many surprises you have on those days. So learn as much as you can about the race course in any spots where you can pass folks or let other races pass you. Uh, this helps you not be as scared on race day. The bonus here is to also work on your race day mentality. So aim, aim to just finish. And don't have your sights on a podium spot. This is your first race for crying out loud. Just race to race for the experience and race to finish strong and not broken. I do recommend that you can look at looking at some mental health coaches along the way online. They offer some great resources. They have great Instagram pages to follow. I really like Dawn Fletcher. Now, of course, I've talked about these you know folks in previous episodes before. So check those I'll link it in the show notes. I'll link those episodes in the show notes. But Dawn Fletcher with Driven Mind is very good. She tends to focus a little bit more on, you know, CrossFit type workouts, but she does do all athletes. She works with a variety of athletes. Okay. Definitely recommend her. Um, Lisa Lewis is another phenomenal psychologist for when it comes to performance psychology. And uh, again, I'll link them in the show notes. Third, Learn the ins and outs of sustaining your energy on race day through how you fuel and hydrate your body. Your body is your engine. I don't give a shit how light your bike is or how phenomenal your braking system is on your bike or whatever the bell and whistle is that you have on your bike. I really don't care because if your body is absolute rubbish and you're not able to pedal that bike sustainably throughout the course, that bike isn't really going to do you much good, okay? Um, I hate to say it like that, but it's one of those things where your body is your engine. You know, people will nickel and dime and literally spend hundreds, if not 
thousands of dollars on the lightest components or the best XYZ of whatever it is that day that's hot on pink bike. And they do it to shed grams, grams, okay, grams, not pounds, but grams of weight off of their bike in order to make their bike lighter to go faster when they could just spend actually less money on themselves, train themselves, hire a coach, buy an ebook, buy whatever, dive into that material, learn how to make nutrition work for them and their body and stop eating kind of like crap, you know, and treating their engine like crap. Um, And wing their nutrition versus actually have a handle on what they're going to do and what they're going to eat, you know, every other hour, every hour on and off the bike. Like that is the difference between having a plan and not having a plan is, you know, you don't just want to wing your nutrition and eat random crap on race day, because if you eat random crap, you do run the risk of having a random result. (laughs) And we're, what we're trying to do on race day is not have you have a random result. Ultimately, I want you to just have enough information to know, okay, great. Before my race, two to three hours before my race start, my race starts at 9 a.m., for example, or 10.30. It's sometimes usually a random time at, on during Enduro races, depending on what category you're racing. But you okay, you know when your race start is, great. You go two to three hours back from that, you're going to have a balanced meal that includes carbohydrates, going to include complex carbohydrates, preferably. It's going to also include some protein. It's also going to include some fat, and it can have some fiber in that meal. And that's going to be a nice satiating meal. Then within an hour of your actual race start, when you are starting, you should have a little bit more of a simpler carbohydrate snack that might have a little bit of fiber or excuse me, not a, not a, well, it could have a little bit of fiber, but it could have a little bit of fat or a little bit of protein to help kind of slow it down a little bit but it will have mostly simple carbohydrates. So it's going to be sweeter carbohydrates. Now, this can be a whole other episode. And I have actually talked about this in another episode, which I'll link in the show notes on how to fuel yourself during a ride. But no, learn, please don't just eat gummy bears randomly before your race, because especially if you're racing enduro, which is generally an all day type of event, it's usually at least a few hours long, several hours, maybe, you know, um, you can't really optimally sustain yourself on just gummy bears or goos and, you know, those little shop locks or, and it's just nothing against those companies. They make phenomenal products. However, your blood sugar is going to go down, 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 down. And then it's going to go up every time you eat that. And then it's going to go down. You're going to just have these highs and lows, and you're not going to have this even energy level throughout your race day. And that's just going to make you feel like rubbish and you're just not going to feel feel very good. So find a coach or find an ebook from someone that you really recommend and really trust and learn what, how you can feel effectively, you know, on, on race day. Work with a coach at least three months. That's usually what it takes to kind of figure things out and get a good idea of how you eat, what your triggers are. You know, are you a stress or emotional eater? Do you work shifts? I have a lot of shift workers that I work with, and that's a whole other thing. 
Um, shout out to the healthcare workers, but it's one of those situations where you need to find someone and work with them who can help you navigate all of this crap that life is going to throw your way. Because the better you're able at navigating that stuff, great. The better you're going to actually put that bike, like I mentioned earlier, that you're spending a crap ton of money on to optimize it and make it lighter and better and blah, blah, blah. Great. Then your engine, your body, which is the engine of the bike, is going to be able to really utilize everything that you're putting into that bike, okay? I'm not saying don't spend money on components, but all too often people are looking at these components to save literal grams off of their bike when, I, uh, you know, they're still kind of eating like Shiite. So let's, let's just have you stop eating like Shiite. This does not mean that pizza and tacos and burritos is off of your plan. No. I eat those things. You can eat those things. My clients eat those things. Because once you have a plan that limits your intake of carbohydrates or some other source of fuel, that is going to be a red flag. And I'm starting to go down a tangent that I am, it's not even on my notes as a bullet point here, but I'm so passionate about it. So I just, I had to talk about it. Um, So be selective of the plan that you're following. And of course, the coach that you're hiring, because sometimes there are going to be just the occasional coach out there that's going to tell you to go keto, for example. And I can tell you full stop, keto, it is not shown to work for racers, okay? Because guess what? They might do keto during the off season and then during the race season, they are jamming those carbs in their mouth like it is nobody's business. So, all right. Anyways, let me move on. I'm going to stop tangenting. (laughs) Come on, you know how I am. Fourth tip, you need to get your gear and your bike dialed. I want you to make sure that your bike is maintained well and of course make sure that your suspension and especially your brakes are ready to go. PS point here is that your suspension and brakes should be serviced once a year at a minimum if you ride every week, especially during the main riding season for most people who don't live in California or Arizona, you know, who aren't able to really ride year round. Um, So be sure to ask your local bike shop about their 50 hour and 150 hour service intervals rather for your suspension. Now, of course, you can do that yourself if you have the know-how. Sorry, I had to take some water there. Um, But you can also hire a pro and save yourself some time and support a local business. So definitely recommend that, you know, get your brakes bled. If you do have obviously hydraulic brake brakes rather, but just make sure everything's you know all your bolts are, are to the proper tension, and especially if they're on a carbon frame, obviously use your carbon tools for that. But carbon specific tools rather. But just make sure your your stuff is like on, okay? I know it sounds silly, but I can't tell you how often I've coached folks and their handlebars are a little like a little they they move a little bit. They shouldn't be moving, all right? You shouldn't be uh, having your stem need to be retightened, you know, right before going to a clinic or something like that. So definitely check those uh, fairly often because that will also help prevent any type of broken bones and all that other stuff. And especially making sure that your brakes and your suspension are dialed and ready to go before a race day is going to be really ideal because, man, you're going to feel more confident on the bike, which means that you're going to feel more confident in your race. Now, also, when I talk about gear, I do mean your protective gear. Just make sure your helmet is preferably less than three to five years old. Yes, I know. They are already quite expensive, but you honestly can't really put a price on your head, on your brain. You know, you 
really need to protect that more than anything. That in your chest, especially if you're doing downhill or enduro. Um, but I highly recommend, you know, just making sure that you replace your helmet at least every five years. Even Smith helmets will recommend that as well, just because the material does break down over time, especially if you are leaving this stuff in your hot garage, in your hot car, and you're, it's not really climate controlled or temperature controlled. And the helmet is being subjected to those, those ranges in temperature, high and low. So keep them in your house. Plus, you're also going to be less likely to have them stolen out of your car if you leave everything in your house. Uh, get, you know, your gloves dialed, get your pedals dialed. If you figure out if you want to be clipped in or on flats, let me tell you, personal note, I switched to flats last year in 2021 um, on the first day of a clinic. <laughs> Sorry, I did that to you, Madge. Uh, shout out to you. <laughs> I was I was assistant coaching under Madge, um, and you know I just I wanted to do flat pedals. I've always wanted to try. I wanted to build some more confidence over some technical features that I just was too hesitant on because I've only known clipped in pedals. Like I've only been clipped in for like twenty years, right? And I've just gotten to this point in Colorado where there's just some crap here and in Sedona where I have an absolute mental block to go over um, because I'm clipped in and I just wanted to build some confidence. So I went to flats and let me tell you, best decision ever. Plus it really helps you learn how to make a full pedal stroke without being clipped in and be dependent upon your clips. And it's just fantastic can't recommend it enough. But anyways, get your gear figured out, all right? Figure out what pads you want to wear, what knee pads, elbow pads if you want to wear those, gloves, helmet. Make sure that you have a full face if you're doing, you know, enduro and make sure that it's downhill certified for for you know, I I don't want you to get the type of helmet that has the detachable chin strap basically or a chin bar rather and it's not downhill rated, okay? Get a helmet that is downhill rated preferably with MIPS, M-I-P-S, just for an added bonus of safety. The fifth and final step to take to go from rider to racer is, and this, keep in mind, this is an ideal step to take. It's not necessary, but it, it it's really ideal, is to pre-ride the race course that you chose. So whatever race you selected in step one, great, pre-ride it. Pre-ride it at least once. You know, you can usually pre-ride race courses the day before the actual race, but you, if it's a local race, which is another bonus, great. Then you're gonna have a, you're gonna have the ability to pre-ride over and over and over again, and really get to know that that course like the back of your hand. You want to know basically where the hills are, where the technical features and berms are, and you 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 want to know when you need to push it or when you might need to walk some sections to keep the rubber side down. Because again, we want you to be able to race another day. So try not to do anything, you know, crazy stupid or ostentatious and just try to make it a goal to finish and finish strong, like I said earlier, and keep the rubber side down. All right, that's it. Those are the main five things to get dialed in in order to go from rider to racer. Now I'm going to have to make a plug here. So you might want to fast forward a couple minutes if you don't want to listen to this, but I will say to make it even easier for you, the Rider to Racer program that's sponsored by Vita MTB series includes everything that you need to confidently join your first Enduro race in its three month long foundations program. Yeah, it includes basically everything I actually already talked about. So bonus, but it includes strength and conditioning program by yours truly, me. 
And I use this Red Strong strength format that I coach throughout the year. And it also includes nutrition guidance and an ebook from Uriel Carlson with Inner Wild Nutrition. She's a sports registered dietitian. And then to top it off, this is the bonus here. This is this is the creme de la creme. This is not even the bonus. This is the bulk of the program here. It includes six virtual check-ins with a professional racer and galleon to help you understand how a race goes and how you can prepare mentally for it. She explains how the transfers are in enduro racing and where to really hammer it and what to kind of expect. Plus, it includes a virtual gear analysis with Lindsay Young's from PNW Components to make sure that your gear is ready to go. And this includes anything from your protective gear to dropper posts and gloves. To top it off, you also get a custom Yeti Cycles Enduro jersey, which I will say is probably the most comfortable race jersey I've ever <laughs> I've ever received and I, I wear to this day. So it's three months long. And in this program, you can also choose between three different formats. So you can do the foundations program, which is everything that I just outlined. Three months includes everything I just mentioned on up to registration and lift tickets for one to two races. So you can see how you progress the season. The races included in this program are the Revolution Enduro Series on July 9th to 10th in Keystone, Colorado, and or the Revolution Enduro Series race in Snowmass, Colorado on August 20th, 21st. So from July to 20, you know, to August, you can really see how you're progressing over those five weeks between those races. Now, both of those races also, the bonus here is they include hands-on coaching and guidance with Ann Galleon to go over some of the race course the day before. So on July 9th, for Keystone and August 20th and Snowmass, you're basically going over the course the day before. She she will literally show you some of the best lines to take from a professional's perspective. You cannot beat this. Seriously, if you don't know Anne, please know she is one of the most rad humans I know and she is an incredible freaking coach. Uh, absolutely mind-blowing, great coach. The program, we start on May 3rd, so you need to register right now. Uh, what the hell are you waiting for? <laughs> no, but seriously, even if you go past May 3rd, we're still going to let some stragglers in that first week, just because we're, we're trying to get everyone set up effectively, you know, that first week, get everyone in my, in my app and in registered into the courses and into the races and blah, blah, blah. So check the link in the show notes to learn more, uh, about the rider to racer program, as well as links to other episodes that I've talked about and other things that I mentioned during this episode that relate to racing and, and some key concepts for racing, especially around mindset, because I think it's really important. Okay. So thanks so much for listening today, friends. Please share this episode and tag me. If you haven't already, subscribe and rate it if you absolutely love it. Your rating and subscription not only mean the world to me, but they also help me grow this podcast one episode at a time. So go make today amazing. Go make this week amazing and get in those steps closer to becoming a racer. I want you to test your possibility and and I really want you to push yourself by registering for a race or an event or whatever it is, or we're like a long weekend with friends in Moab or someplace that's special for you. Or by registering, of course, for the Rider to Racer program, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Again, the link is, is in the bio or is in the show notes rather for everything. And I will see you next week. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye.